Hey everybody, welcome to my podcast. I hope you're doing well. I'm really looking forward to talking to you today, and I'm sure it's going to be a great episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. And hey, just as a reminder, if you enjoy what you're hearing, if you like what you heard, feel free to share this with your friends and family, and make sure you send me a message. Let me know what you thought. Make sure you you let me know if there's something I could have done better or something you'd like to hear me talk about. If something stuck out and you really appreciated it, let me know that as well. You can find me on Facebook, Kevin Blaney. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm all over the place, but hey, reach out to me. Send me a text. Give me a phone call. I'd love to hear from you. Guys, let's get on with the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Glad to have you with me. Wanted to jump on here because it has been a long time and give you a little update into what has recently occurred recently being a month ago because I've just dropped the ball and I apologize. Hope you're doing well. School is in session. Work is uh, going on in the background. We're taking care of that as well. Working full-time, going to school full-time, working with my fraternity, trying to keep that going. I was driving down to Elkins for over a year, about almost a year and a half. I had uh, driven down to Elkins every Sunday morning, roughly every Sunday morning. Some mornings I didn't make it, but going down there for church services, it's just been busy and it really hasn't slowed down much, but I wanted to kind of give you a heads up of what happened because in my world, this was big news. As some of you know, last semester, I, I applied myself. I worked pretty hard. I paid attention to what was going on, and I ended up getting straight A's for the first time in my life, which is something I'm very excited about. That, to me, was a huge accomplishment, especially with all of the things that are going on, all of the things that I just simultaneously have going on in my life. That being said, this semester is not quite panning out to be straight A's. It looks like one of the classes I have a B in that class. The other two classes I have seem to be A's. I think there's a possibility I can get straight A's. I do have a fourth. Uh, it's it's considered a class, but it's not a class. It's an industry research paper. I think I'm going to get an A on that paper if if things go well. I do have to really, you know, bite the bullet and get started very soon. I haven't got that paper done. I've got about five pages done, but I've I've been doing some reading and studying, and and then I've been trying to study for flying. But the big news if you're not aware, is the fact that I did finally solo. I've been waiting for quite some time to do that. Uh, I know you're not supposed to be hyper fixated on something like that. And one of the things that pilots do uh, is we compare ourselves to others. And I guess you do this in nearly any, any hobby or anything in life in general. We like to compare ourselves to other people. And pilots love to compare well, I soloed after this many hours, or I got my uh, check ride accomplished at this many hours in. And of course, it's a competition. Now, the rule is, unless I'm terribly mistaken, which I don't think I am, the minimum that you have to have to take your check ride to get your private pilot's license is 40 hours, I do believe. Currently, I'm at 25 hours or so, and I just soloed the flight before this last, uh, flight. So essentially I had around 22, 23 hours in at that point, I believe, uh, maybe 24. That being said, a lot of people solo earlier than that. Some people solo at 10 hours. Some people solo at 40. It just depends. Uh, 
um, where they are and how they, you know, how they've done. One of the things that's tough for me is if I were to go back and I need to do this sometime, if I were to go back and see when I soloed this time around, then the hours wouldn't be that bad. The reason why it's at 23 hours or whatever is because I, I had taken flight lesson training, flight training years ago, way back. I'm, I'm talking 10, 15 years ago, I'd taken lessons early two thousands. I had taken lessons. And so you're not going to solo very quickly when the lessons that you had and the experience that you had is from that long ago. The best way to solo quickly and early on is to start from scratch and go straight through your training within a month, you know, just knock it out, just start going through and get in maybe 10 hours uh, in a month, uh, 10 to 15 hours in a month. And you could solo right away that way because everything's fresh in your mind. But when you do it like I did, where it's, oh, we'll fly four hours here. And then in a couple of years, we'll do another five hours. That just makes it very, very difficult to get anything accomplished. That being said, I'm proud to say I have a great group of people around me. I say that because when I was due to solo, we had planned for me to solo and I was really excited. We were going to go. Everything was going to be great. I had planned out the day. I had family coming up and it was just going to be fantastic. The problem was the very time I was getting ready to solo, the Fairmont airport decided to paint the lines or paint the numbers on the runway. So fortunately, some people in my flying club here at Fairmont decided to take the plane to Clarksburg for me. They decided to help me out. And I have to give Dave and Chris both a huge thank you for doing what they did because they took the plane to Clarksburg for me and dropped it off and left it there so that I would be able to solo since we do fly out of the Clarksburg area when we, you know, do soloing and training and things of that sort. So they did that for me so I wouldn't have to worry about it. Unfortunately, the weather that day, the wind, the crosswind that I was dealing with was not good. To be honest, I was not very well rested. It, it can be tough to work full-time to get a school full-time and to try and sleep appropriately for flight. Uh, you do need rest. I can drive a tractor trailer. I can operate a motor vehicle. Flying an airplane is completely different, and that's something that needs to be paid attention to. You need to be aware that rest and being on top of your game, having those, um, having those quick reaction times is very important in flight. You know, in a car, once you've driven for so long, there are sometimes you can drive home and, and, you know, can't even remember how you got there in the airplane. You need to be essentially on your game at all times. And that's why it can be a little tiring when you fly because you just have so much going on. That being said, um, unfortunately, the, the solo did not happen that day. I just was not feeling it, uh, and neither was my instructor. I say all that to say this, because of that day, when we went flying the next time, I was able to solo, and I was comfortable. And I'm not lying when I say this. My fear when I went to solo, when I went to fly on my own, and I had a few good landings before Sam let me go on my own, my fear, and this is completely irrational, I understand that, I'm just admitting what it was, I was so afraid that I was going to taxi or try, uh, go on to and enter the runway without permission that that is what I was fixated on. 
uh, fixated on fixated, fixated. I'm tired. Uh, that's what I was paying attention to. And I was so afraid that I was going to mess that up that I wasn't even really worried about the flight. So when I called the tower or I called ground, rather, that was my big concern is who do I call and when call ground and say, you know, Clarksburg ground, Skyhawk 3852 Lima, student pilot first solo with uh, Lima, you know, whatever it was, I mean, Liam, Lima or Sierra, uh, you know, with Lima, raid a taxi for close traffic, you know, Clarksburg. They give you permission to taxi. And when I got that permission to taxi, it was like a load had been lifted from my shoulders. So I had permission. I had the ATIS information. I had the weather. I was given permission to taxi via Alpha to the runway, to runway 23 or 21, whichever it is. I always get Clarksburg and Fairmont mixed up. But I got permission to taxi. So I'm taxiing down. I'm not in a hurry. I'm going about a, about a fast walking pace. And I'm just going over things in my mind. Okay, well, you know, this is where our power setting is going to be. We're going to check our mags once we get down here. We're going to make sure nobody's behind us. We're going to try and do things quickly, but efficiently and effectively. We're, we're not going to hold anybody up. And, and I, I seemed pretty comfortable taxiing down. I was really excited and I was looking forward to it. I wasn't nervous at that point. The only thing I was worried about was I, I wanted to make sure that I held short before I got to the runway so I could get permission to enter. I went down, did my run up. Everything looked good. Uh, the You are allowed to have 150 RPM drop on your left or your right mag, uh, a maximum of 150 drop. And there needs to be only 75 RPM variation between the two mags. And that checked out. Everything was okay. Before we flew that day, before we made it to Clarksburg that day, we did run off and clean the uh, spark plugs a bit, I do believe. Uh, that's one of the things. If, if people don't, if, you know, in your car, you just get in it, you start it and you go. It's fuel injected. You don't have to worry about it. With an airplane, especially these older planes, it's different. It's carbureted. And when you fly at different altitudes, you lean that carburetor out uh, the higher you go. So as the oxygen gets less and less, as the air gets less dense and as the oxygen gets depleted, you need less fuel to run that engine. So as you get higher in altitude, you lean that engine out. Well, if people don't lean it out properly, if they run it too rich, which means there's more fuel than is necessary, uh, then you can foul plugs. The only caveat to that is for people who aren't aware, fuel not only burns in your engine, creates heat, but fuel also can cool the engine as well. If you have a rich mixture of fuel to air, if you have a little bit more fuel than you need, that fuel will take heat away from the engine. It will help the engine to, to run cooler, which means that that engine's going to be, uh, it's going to last longer. It's easier on the engine. So there's a fine line, a fine balance there that you need to have. So I did my run up. Everything was fine. We were good to go. And when I called Clarksburg Tower, Skyhawk 385T Lima, you know, uh, ready, uh, uh, you know, is ready to take off for closed traffic, student pilot first solo. Uh, when they gave me permission, you know, uh, 385T Lima permission, you know, take off, whatever, closed traffic. When they gave that to me, uh, clear to, you know, clear to take off or whatever. Um, I, it was just, the weight was completely gone from my shoulders. I was not nervous at all. 
I was so excited. That day has taken me 37 years to get to, and it was so exciting. And I tell you what, it, it was worth every day that I went up and things didn't go the way I'd hoped. Every time that I, I did a, some sort of a maneuver and did poorly, every time that the weather was bad, every time that the plane was down or there was a scheduling conflict, every single one of those experiences was was completely worth the solo. Uh, I, I would deal with that again in a heartbeat. All of those, you know, heartbreaks that you had, small, small little situations where you couldn't fly that day for whatever reason, or you did poorly or whatever, all of those were, you know, were not a problem at all in the grand scheme of things. I mean, just to get where I was was amazing. And that's just a solo. Uh, you know, to a pilot, a solo is a big deal, but I was listening to a, a friend of mine, Chris, who is also the, he was the one I told you that took the plane to Clarksburg for me, he and Dave, he was doing a, a video tonight for some of the people who are, uh, who watch his program, the midlife pilot on YouTube. And one of the things that he said was that, uh, his first flight and I might be actually getting what he said mixed up with uh, the the person who was co-hosting. I believe his name was Brian. Um, and I think it might have been Brian. But anyway, they said that the thing that got them was their first flight by themselves. I think it was Brian. Sorry. Their first flight by themselves when they were a pilot was the big thing for them. Because at that point, their instructor wasn't around. Nobody had their eye on them. They were just doing what they trained to do and what they were approved to do by the FAA. And that is a big deal. You know, we always think about, hey, when I get my license, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to take this person with me. Uh, all these things that we look for, uh, that we look forward to rather, that, that we're so excited for those things to happen. And once you get that license, that is an opportunity. The funny thing that they said that I did here is, okay, great. Now you have your license. Now, if you want to go on any long distance trips, you're probably going to want to have different credentials. You're probably want to gonna, you're probably going to want to have the ability to fly a complex uh, airplane or a high performance airplane, a plane that has maybe retractable landing gear. It has a constant speed prop, uh, you know, so you can, you can, adjust that prop so you can have uh, more speed and less fuel burn and all these things. Uh, you're going to want a plane that has more power so you can carry more. You can go over the mountains. You can get higher in elevation. Maybe you want a plane that's pressurized and that's really when it starts getting expensive. Maybe you want a plane with air conditioning because it gets quite hot in a plane in the summertime. All these things become a possibility when you get your license. So just getting your license is not the be all end all. A lot of people treat it as though it's a big deal. And it, and it is a big deal. If you are a pilot, you have joined an elite group of people who have studied for quite a long time to achieve something that very, very few people ever achieve. Uh, the, the knowledge and the work and the time and the dedication that goes into becoming a pilot and goes into getting some of these ratings. If you become a commercial airline pilot, you essentially have to have the knowledge, you have to have the time in training and in cost almost as well of a doctor, a doctor or a lawyer. I'm sorry, I'm just a little tired tonight. 
you would need to go through about as much school as a doctor or a lawyer to get all those ratings, to get the experience you need, to get the 1500 hours minimum to, you know, to be a pilot for one of the legacy airlines. There is a lot to it. So when people become just a private pilot, that's already a big deal. But once you get these other ratings, once you get your multi-engine, your commercial rating, your instrument rating, your seaplane rating, tail dragger rating, all these things that you can get, uh, I tell you, it takes some time. It really takes some doing, as they say. So I'm excited. September 4th was my solo of 2021 and I couldn't be happier with it. Everything went well. And I, I want to say this, and I want to say this publicly because I tell you what, this is as sad as it might seem. This was to me the big deal. Not only did I solo, not only was Sam there to see me, but there were other people who were there and I'm counting the picture right now. There were nine people, nine people who were there who had just helped the United flight take off before me. They were there. These are people from my fraternity, nine people past and present who were in my fraternity, friends of mine. I can call them brothers and sisters in the fraternity because we are a mixed group. That was one of the biggest deals to me was the fact that people were there to share that experience with me. One of the things that I I told Sam, and, and if Sam did this, I really appreciate it. Even if he didn't, uh, I, I appreciate everybody being there. One of the things that they do in the Fairmont Flying, uh, uh, Fairmont State Club, <laughs> my goodness, I'm tired, guys. I'm sorry. One of the things that they do at Fairmont State for the people who are training to become pilots through Fairmont State is every rating you get, every time, every check ride. You have a group of people that are there to congratulate you, to take pictures, to, to, you know, to give you a thumbs up and to celebrate with you. And that was one of the things that I told Sam, I said, I kind of miss out on that. I, I wish I had that. So I will say, because these nine people showed up or stayed after work to be there for me, it absolutely made my day. And I cannot thank them enough because that was just awesome. It was just a great time. And I'm so happy it worked out that way. Things went really well. V1, who was the FBO there at Clarksburg, was fantastic. Uh, they went ahead and threw some pl uh, fuel in the plane for me. And uh, so I didn't have to fuel it up once we get back to Fairmont. And I just had a wonderful time. And guys, I cannot tell you how excited I am. I uh, I am so ready to, to move from the truck into the airplane and to start working as a pilot. Uh, my goal right now, the way I'm looking at it is I'm hoping in the very, very near future, if I keep working, if things go well, I want to be a CFI. I want to train other pilots. That's what I would like to do in the short term, uh, next two to three years, probably I'd like to be working possibly at Fairmont state as a CFI and long-term less than four to five years. I'd like to be probably working for, uh, um, for an outfit up in Washington, Pennsylvania, uh, Skyward, they do uh, charter flights and uh, also a lot of like uh, organ procurement and uh, transplant team transportation as well. So if they have a team that's going to be doing like a heart transplant or whatever, they might go pick that team up or they might go pick up the organ or the team that's going to harvest the organs or whatever. So they're, they're, for that as well, but also charter flights and things. So it's, it is more of an on-call position, 
but you're flying Learjets, which to me are some of the best looking planes out there. No matter how old they are, they're still some of the best looking planes in the industry. And uh, guys, I'm just so excited. I'm really happy it worked out. Uh, thank you guys for the congratulations and the, the messages you guys sent me. I, I really do appreciate it. And I hope you guys are doing well. Hopefully there's something in your life that you're equally as excited about uh, as my love for aviation. And um, and I'm, I'm just really looking forward to what's coming next. And I'm not trying to wish my life away. I'm not. I am trying and I'm not doing a very good job of it. I need to do better. But I am trying my best to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, but the journey as well. Because one day I'm going to look back and say, man, these were exciting times. And uh, and I tell you, I'm, I'm really thankful. So for all the people who have been there for me, for all the people who believed in me, uh, I know to some this isn't a big deal. But to a pilot, the first solo is a huge deal. And like I said, I want to thank Sam uh, Heitzman, Samuel Heitzman for being my uh, CFI for getting me lined out. He's done a fantastic job. He's been very calm and uh, very reassuring. And uh, and I'll tell you this real quick. Uh, this is going to be a shorter podcast. It won't be a 30-minute deal. It'll only be about 22 minutes. I had one landing at Clarksburg where I landed, and I wasn't quite in control. I landed, but it wasn't what I wanted it to be. It was still a good landing. It was decent, but I didn't like it. And Sam said, Kevin, that was good. And I said, no, no, it wasn't good. And he said, Kevin, listen who I have 600 hours in the plane or, you know, 600 hours under my belt. Who are you to tell me that wasn't a good landing? And I, I told him, I was like, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just telling you, I thought I could have done better. He said, Kevin, take the compliment. And that is, uh, that's one of the best pieces of advice I've ever been given. I told Joel one time and Joel's the chief pilot up at Fairmont state. He's over the Fairmont state program. And I told him one time, I said, you know, Joel, I, I was flying. I didn't do a good job. This landing wasn't good. And he said, Kevin, I've watched the video. He said, it's not your job to critique yourself. You're taking the fun out of it. That's our job. Let us do our job. And I thought, you know what? He's right. I need to quit judging myself so harshly because you know what? When you're that young, when you have, as I do, less than 30 hours of flight time, you don't know what a good landing is. You don't know what good piloting is because you haven't seen it. So We'll get there. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some doing. Uh, hopefully 3852 Lima is going to be repaired and ready to fly here in the next couple or three weeks. Hopefully that'll be the case. Until then, we're going to keep learning and uh, maybe possibly work towards getting this uh, written test out of the way. So, well, thank you guys for stopping by. Sorry it took so long. And hopefully the next episode won't take uh, a month and a half or two months to get out. Hopefully we'll get this uh, back on track. So thanks a lot, guys. And we'll see you next time. Take care now.